Hey everybody, this is Harriet Kamak, the host of Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today, on this broadcast, I want to share with you the concept of be about it. Some of us feel that we have been called to lead. We feel, as we sit in our homes, in our communities, that we've been called to do something greater. We've been called to lift people up, a motivational speaker, a preacher. We've been called to organize people, a community organizer, otherwise known as a politician. Every politician starts out being a community organizer. Some of us feel that we have been called to preach the great gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of us still feel that we are supposed to lead the PT. Wherever you find yourself, whatever it is that you think you're specifically called to lead, be about it. So I'm going to show you in the scriptures from Joshua chapter 1. This is located in the Old Testament of the Bible. I am going to show you how this call to lead came to Joshua and what were his instructions and what was he told to do. Maybe you can find yourself hidden in these words and it will serve as a motivation to you and as in an instruction manual to you. It will also provide you some foundation on how you should become, you too can become a leader. So, but first, before we do that, let me tell you a little bit about who I am. I am Harriet Kamak. I'm the host of this broadcast. In addition to which, I'm also the founder of the Exodus Foundation, an organization designed to provide relief services in our community to women and children fleeing violence and human trafficking. So go to our website, theexodusfoundation.com, where you can find more information about what we do. In addition to which, I'm an author and speaker, and I have the pleasure and the privilege of serving you in this capacity today as a preacher and speaker. So thank you so much for being a part of this broadcast. And as usual, you can find our broadcasts on Down to Earth on any available streaming platform. So Apple, Google, Spotify, iHearts, Blog Talk Radio, a, me, a myriad of broadcasting platforms. In addition to which, I want to thank you, my television audience, for those of you in Atlanta and in Dayton, Ohio, and for those of you in Auburn, Massachusetts, and in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I don't want to leave out anybody. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to all of you behind the scenes who, through the week, you are the ones who are downloading. I am so very grateful for all of you that you take the time out to present our message of hope and inspiration and overcoming adversity to the viewing audience. Thank you so very much. So today, I want to entreat you to join with me in reading in the book of Joshua, the book of Joshua chapter 1. That's where we're going to find this message from verses 5 to 15. And as usual, we read from the New King James Version of the Bible. So I'm a woman of a certain age, yeah, so my eyesight, just like yours, is a bit challenged, so I have to enhance them with glasses. So I took the liberty also of making sure that the Bible app is downloaded to my iPad so I can pinch the screen, enlarge the screen, <laughs> so we can see it, right? So Joshua chapter 1, and this is, this is the scripture. Remember Joshua became the leader of the people of Israel after Moses. So in the first five verses, in the first four verses of Joshua, what did the Lord say? 
What did God say to Joshua? He said, Moses, my servant is dead. That's a message. So before I get into the crux of the message, let's just read what the Lord has to say on this day. And it starts in verse five of Joshua chapter one. And it says this, hear me, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Right? Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. So the instructions that you get, don't turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. And then in verse 8, it says, this book of the law, the law, the instruction manual that God has given you, the manifesto, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. See the same theme, keep repeating over and over. Follow it. Don't turn to the right or the left. Then it says in verse 9, it says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then Joshua, in carrying out the instructions, commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over to this Jordan. Remember the word, and it continues in verse 12 and 13, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. And your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all you mighty men of valor, until the Lord has given your brethren rest, in verse 15, as he gave you, and they all have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God is giving them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, let me decrease so that you might increase. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart find acceptance in your sight this day. I pray this day that someone hearing this message will find the instructions they need to carry out their activities. Lord, if you're speaking to someone's heart to lead, if you're refreshing someone's spirit or soul, I pray these words be wrapped around them all of this week, that this stays within them and the word of God comes alive. I pray right now for someone believing you for a turnaround in their situation. I pray for someone to have a turnaround in the positive direction, as the scripture says, to the sunrise for their marriage, to the sunrise for their business. I pray for someone who has to take a medical exam today. I pray for someone who has to take a legal exam, somebody who has to go to court tomorrow. In the name of Jesus, we ask that you become judge, jury, oh God, and prosecutor for them. We ask that you hover over the people, Lord, hover over the surgeons who are performing a miracle right now on someone's heart, on someone's lung, in someone's belly. Jesus, for some woman who has to have a hysterectomy and have reproductive issues, Jesus, come down 
now and be Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Heal our throats, O God. Heal ourselves, Lord God Almighty. Deliver us from aneurysms, Jesus. Deliver us from high blood pressure, low blood pressure, low blood sugar, high blood sugar. Deliver us from cholesterol. Deliver us, O God. And more importantly, Jesus, deliver us from hopelessness. In the name of Jesus, we ask that you speak peace to the leaders of this world. We ask that you speak peace in this year in our country with this presidential election. Lord God Almighty, give us hope in Jesus' mighty name and roll back the wickedness of the devil. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all the glory and we give you all the praise. Amen. Amen. So be about it. That's right. Be about it. Be about the instructions of the Lord. God has called you to lead. Now, let's be clear that the Bible says in Psalms 24, it says this. It says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Everyone in the world was created by God. People were not created by a fluke. I'm sorry, Hollywood telling us all that people are zombies and that people who do really cruel things are people who are so abhorrent that maybe they were not created by God. Everyone was created by God. Remember from the beginning, the Bible tells us that the world was infused with the wickedness of Satan. Remember in Isaiah, it tells us that Satan was in heaven. He was in fact the chief musician. In fact, Satan, his whole body was designed to just play music, to be melodious to God, to worship God. But Satan profaned, and as he watched God execute his authority in the world, over the planets, over the universe, and the galaxies, Satan said, I want to be like that. Someday I want to roll like that, and I want to be just like that. And God, in perceiving that Satan said that, he struck him. And Satan, the Bible says in Isaiah, fell like lightning from heaven and took one-third of the angels with him. Over in, over in Isaiah, in Genesis, what does it tell us? It goes back and it tells us what? It tells us that those same angels came down and what did they do? They messed with people. They messed with humans. And so we had these different kinds of people. They were very tall and looked like giants. Do you see how the whole thing comes together? The most important thing right there is what? How to lead. Why is that important? Because Satan was watching God lead and desire to be just like God. This is an instruction to all of us to know how to lead because as we're leading, you just got promoted. Whether they promoted you to line supervisor or they promoted you. Be aware that there are people around you who want your job. People around you who want to be like you. Even in your marriage, you're married to the prettiest girl on the block. You're married to the most handsome man on the block. You're married to the man who is the best provider. You're married to a man who is admirable. You're married to a woman who is admired by many. All of a sudden, everybody wants to be like you. And in trying to be like you, what will they do? They will destroy you. So God is telling Joshua here, be about it. Be about the instructions that I have given you. And he's also telling you, because some of us have taken over, some of us have taken over the fact that we can't uh, see what we have done. We can't literally 
see all the stuff that we have done. Some of us are taking over from others. You might be assuming a position that someone prior to or previously held. Guess what? Guess what? That position now that you have taken over, someone else occupied, be rest assured, you can function as they did. There is a specific instruction for you to carry out. There are specific roles and responsibilities and duties that you can do that only you bring to the role. Somebody's about to get a promotion. I don't know who you are, but you're about to get a promotion. And that's what this is about. So you have to understand that walking in this new role, walking in this new position now makes demands on you. You can't afford, yes, you have a council of advisors, but you can't afford to expect that because the previous person did this, that's what you should do. What did God say in the beginning of this chapter? In verse number one, he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. The previous person, whoever they were, whether they retired, whether they left the position, whether they were promoted out of the position, what does it mean? They have left. Now it is your turn. So what do you have to do? You have to be about it. Here are some instructions that I found as I read this right? Do what is written. When you assume a position, they give you a manual. They take you through a thing. They train you. They expose you to the ways of the corporation. If you're a politician and you win a congressional seat, when they take you to Congress, after the elections are over, before you are sworn in in January, they take you through the motions. They teach you how to be a congressman or a congresswoman. They show you how to enter the building. They show you what to do when you're in the building. They show you your staff. They tell you to do what? Listen to your staff who have experience in this and who are guiding you. Do you hear what I'm saying? God has called you to lead. Be about what he has called you to do. He says right here, he said, do what is written. The second thing that he says is do exactly what is written twice. Twice. You heard that. That's the same command repeated twice. Do exactly what is written. Exactly what is written in the manual. Do it. Don't make it up as you go along. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Don't try to say, well, they used to do this, but I am new and I'm taking over, so I'm going to do it. Don't do that. That will cause confusion. Do exactly what is written. The organization has created what is called standard operating procedure. This is how someone in your position is required to act under various circumstances. Amen. I know we have all seen Hollywood blockbuster movies of rogue people and how rogue people win and they're mavericks and they have unusual ways of doing things. That works for Hollywood in the movies. It all comes to a good end in an hour and a half. That's not real life. Amen. Amen. I have nothing against Hollywood. In fact, I get entertained by Hollywood just like the rest of us. Amen. The third thing is to have respect to God's commandments. So you're sitting there as a leader. One of the things that you must have is discernment. You must be able to discern and you will find this as you rise in the role that when someone is speaking, what do you do? Listen. Nowadays, they're saying we should not just have active listening, but we are to have supportive listening. We are to listen to what the person is saying. But you know what you're doing while you're listening? You are discerning. It says right here, uh, be do exactly what is written and have respect to God's word. So God is giving you specific instructions. He's preparing you because your time to shine, as the kids would say, is coming. 
Your time to rise is coming. So do exactly what God tells you to do. There are times when as a leader, you're faced with certain situations and you have not a clue what you're going to say or do to someone. Do what God tells you to do. The fourth thing is obedience. You must be obedient. Well, who are you obedient to? The people, the hierarchy. You must be obedient to God's word. You must be obedient to it. This is what is wrong with us today in the Christian church. In Christendom, as I like to call it. We like to interpret it and it becomes subjective. So the Bible talks about certain things and people feel like, well, I can do what I want. And I can do whatever. God is going to have grace. See, the the problem I have found is that we have grace now. So under grace, God has allowed a multitude of errors. God, just because he has given us grace, grace doesn't mean that we should just go and do what we want to do. So you can't be married. And because you're under grace, that means your girlfriend can show up in the church and claim that she's pregnant. Or your boyfriend can't just publish videos to say that, well, since I'm crashing, you should crash. Here are the videos to prove that I was your boyfriend at one time. No. No, 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 no. That's not how it is. Be obedient to what the word of God says. Be obedient to what the manual says. Remember, this is about the instruction manual. Be obedient exactly to what it says. Amen. Amen. And the other thing you must have, the fifth thing you must have is, guess what? Conscience. So they put you in this position. And now they're going to tell you. Remember that Joshua got his command to lead. Right? Joshua had to have conscience because one of his first instructions was to tell the people, go across the Jordan. The Jordan was raging, it was flooding, it was high winds, and you could see the waters raging up. So he was literally telling people to cross back to get to the other side. He had to have what? Conscience. In other words, do you deliberate before you make a decision? Having been presented with all the facts, do you now have conscience? I just want to tell you something. Remember 2008? In the 2008 crisis, what we saw, nobody acted with conscience. Those people were all about what? They were all about making money for themselves. To what? To the detriment of the world. Six billion people who were alive at the time had to pay for what? Because those people acted without conscience. They're so unconscionable that the subprime loans, mortgages that cause problems here in the United States and in France and other parts of Europe and in other parts of the world, they've brought them back. They now call them non-prime loans. That's how much they don't have conscience. Those people, conscience and good sense and compassion for humanity has vacated the building. All they think about, as the leader of Lehman Brothers said at the time, he's a billionaire and he made a billion dollars from trading. And if you don't have a billion billion dollars, you can't talk to him. That's what's going on. We see this a lot with people. People are so arrogant. They become consumed with their power. They become consumed with all the trappings of power and how they have power. So they stride and they walk. And you can't talk to them. And not even their own board can talk to them. Nobody can tell them, calm down just a little bit. Maybe you shouldn't be running around like that. No! They have all the power. They have no conscience at the extent and the damage that their own decisions bring to people. The Lord God is saying right here, you must have conscience to lead. Don't we see that with politicians? Hey, let me put it into context for you. I live in Michigan. 
So we have an energy provider here who has no conscience. They're oligarchs. All they care about is the bottom line. They will not even fix the infrastructure. So if a 13 mile per hour wind, notice I said 13 miles per hour. I didn't say hurricane strength. Not even a wind at 75 miles per hour would be consumed. 13 miles per hour wind, they shut the power off in Michigan in January in winter. Are you hearing me? So people who are, you're in your house. I couldn't be in my house without power, without heat in Michigan in winter. But these people lack conscience. But they're the ones leading. You know who else is leading with them? The politicians who are in their pockets. The politicians are just as bad. Nobody picks up a phone and says, hey, there's going to be a windstorm. There's going to be a snowstorm. Make sure the power stays on so the people don't, don't suffer. No. Everybody is thinking about their own selves. So you have to ask the question, though. Now you're asking, were these people called to lead? Because you know what we're seeing? Be about it. They are not about it. The sixth thing that you have to be is be strong and courageous. What? Let me say that one more time. Be strong and courageous. I took this out of Joshua chapter 1. I don't know what other folks are reading in the Bible. But this was in the Bible for me. Be strong and courageous. When I was reading it all week long, I said to myself, wait just a minute. Is this for real? (laughs) This is right here. This was written thousands of years ago. It makes me wonder any of these leaders, whether they run industry or politics, do they read this word? Do they follow any kind of instruction manual? Be strong and courageous. That means when a decision has to be made that affects the bottom line, but it would be more conscionable of you to make a decision that empowers and betters people's lives and improves the lives of people, are you going to be strong and courageous to make that decision? Or are you going to go with the flow and become like the former leader of Lehman Brothers, who, by the way, is still a billionaire, He now has a new entity on the same street where he caused 6 billion people to lose everything. Imagine that. Do you know what the act... Let me just put this in there just so you think about this. This is how important it is to have leaders to be about it and to have people who are called to lead. Since 2011, 30 million people have lost their jobs as a result of the 2008 crisis. Because a group of people decided that they were going to take bad loans, package them, change the law, rewrite them as securities so that they could sell them to other companies. And the ripple domino effect meant that everybody else, to this day, some of us still can't get a bank loan. Because banks have now become so pernicious about how they lend. You should have thought about that when you were buying securities by these people who had no conscience. Amen. Encourage others to do so. Encourage others. Part of your job as a leader, part of our jobs is to encourage people. You see someone struggling, encourage them. Don't use your mouth and your words to tear people down. This same former leader of Lehman Brothers, I watched a documentary with him. The man growled like an animal before he gave a speech to his own people. That's called intimidation and fear. If anyone is going to fear you, let them fear the respect, the authority that you have. But you, the person acting in the role, you don't impart fear. 
Any leader who has to lead by fear is not a leader at all. You are supposed to be a man, a woman who just leads. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're supposed to say, I'm a human being first. I'm going to give you some good examples of leaders. I kind of like the guy, Barack Obama, George W. Bush, and Biden. I kind of like how they lead. They're just human beings who have all the authority and the power, but they never took it to the place. And I don't agree with their politics because some of them, Bill Clinton and some of them, they all caused the 2008 crisis. They're all sitting back and watching the people suffer. What are you all doing about it? Yes, the Constitution says I can challenge and I can ask of government these hard questions. People are suffering. People are under inflation. What are you guys doing about it? Come on, be about it. Be strong and courageous. Get up and do something about this inflation that is killing off people. People are retired getting their little social security checks and can't even pay their mortgages. Can't buy food. They're eating Canned food, you don't believe me? Go to Walmart and see what older people, what seniors are buying. The Lord God is displeased with you leading. Some of you who are running companies, you have increased the prices of goods. Stop telling lies about supply chain. The supply chain righted itself. You're using your position because you have no conscience and know the people are suffering. Lord God Almighty, have mercy on me this morning. Do you see what I'm saying? So do you see now why we are asking leaders to be about it? In the scenarios I have described where the energy provider has the monopoly in the state of Michigan, but turn the power off in January when it is negative 13 degrees, the feel-like temperature is negative 13 degrees. Is there any conscience from the political leaders to make sure the people have power turned on? I kid you not. What about the cost of inflation? What about the cost of medication? What about the cost of food, the cost of gas? And many of you are going to get notification in a few days that your insurance, your home insurance rates and your mortgage rates, it causes it to go up. Then the city, the county that you live in is going to tell you they have increased your property value. What does that mean? Increase in property taxes. We need leaders who can lead. We need leaders who are about it. We need leaders who lead with conscience and who will take those tough decisions that improve and better the lives of people. We need leaders who do exactly what is written, not what they make up when they go into another little group over here with a special interest group or with this special interest group. We need leaders who are conscionable, leaders who have respect, who have conscience and who are obedient to the will of God for the people. If you're a leader... I'm just going to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray that you are imbued with these qualities of leadership. If you are listening to this and you run the PTA and you just run your little section of town and you think you're not important, I beg of you, go to read Joshua chapter 1 in its entirety. You're going to find these words and these instructions that impart to you how to lead. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you right now that every yoke is broken, that everything that is on your people is destroyed, and that you are the God who heals us. You are the God who provides for us. And I thank you right now in the name of Jesus that you bring us the victory. You bring us deliverance. And we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, be blessed, everybody.